hopefully you've been able to say hi to someone next to you. Maybe say hi to someone you don't know. Just in case, just say hi to the person next to you. Shake the hand, give them a high five. Make sure they're okay. Awesome. This is great. So it's great to be together. It's August. It's summertime. Everything changes, patterns, rhythms. I think our youth are at Soul Survivor today, this week. Um, So do be praying for them, that they're having an absolute blast, getting covered in foam and all kinds of crazy things that youth do. But they're having a really good time. But let's be praying also that they just really encounter God, because that's the whole point. You You know the scripture that says, train up a child in the way that they should go and it will never depart from them. Our youth can radically encounter Jesus and it will set them on the course for the rest of their lives. These guys can radically encounter the Holy Spirit that will set their course for the rest of their lives. So let's be believing and praying for that for these guys. Amen? Amen. We do that. It's good. So I don't know about you, but have you ever or do you ever just spend time kind of daydreaming about your dream house? Just like, you know, this is what it would be like and this is what it would have. I do this quite often. Does anyone actually live in their dream house? (laughs) Not yet. It's okay. It's a work in progress. But there's always something, isn't there? As soon as you change one thing, it's like, oh, no, no, I need to change that to go with this. And then I just change that, no, and it's becoming. And lately, Dami and myself have been indulging ourselves, watching lots of self-build programs and dreaming of the possibilities of what it could be like and stuff like location, location, location. And people are going around and trying to pick and decide what's my perfect place of residence and what would it look like for me to have, you know, the spot that would just tick all the boxes and it would just be my absolute dream house. And you know, homes are a lot more than just a building, aren't they? The reason we spend so much time is because that's where memories are made. That's where community happens. That's where family happens. Homes are so much more than just a place we kind of reside in. And we were made in the image of a wonderful, loving father and a wonderful God who also has a house, who also exists somewhere. Acts chapter 7, 48 tells us, However, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house would you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? So basically it's saying God is almighty. He lives in heaven. He exists there. He exists absolutely everywhere. He's omnipresent. What kind of house would he build for him? Because you can't really contain him in a structure. However, this God of the universe chose to dwell in and amongst his people. He chose, and he is looking around thinking, where could I be and where do I want to exist? Actually, his will was always to dwell in the presence of his people so that he would be our God and we would be his people. He would dwell in and amongst us. And so God's had a few different houses, if you like, in the earth. We see in the Old Testament, he gives instructions to Moses to build a tabernacle and they build this place so that this is where the presence of God can abide and where they can encounter him. God chooses to presence himself amongst his people. So he says, okay, I'm a holy God. You're not so holy. So let's figure this out. I'm going to make a way for you to encounter me here in the earth. 
and he lives and he abides in this tabernacle. And then Solomon comes along, and just as Matthew read earlier, David wanted to build a permanent structure, but Solomon ended up doing it, and he builds this glorious temple. And the Jewish people knew this is what represented the house of God, where God dwells. So when we pray, we pray facing towards that space because it represents God's presence living in and amongst us. Now, all of these things were just a foreshadow. They were just a taste because God's ideal dream house wasn't yet. It hadn't ended. And so Jesus shows up and says, someone who is greater than the temple is here. The presence of God now dwells in your midst through me, through Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He says, destroy the temple, I will raise it in three days. Talking about his own body. And so now Jesus comes and manifests the dwelling place of God here in the earth. But he doesn't stop there. God's still looking for this dream house. Jesus dies, he rises again, and he sends his spirit to live inside each and every single one of us. And we become the dwelling place of God. We become God's house. You and me, the church of God, become the place he chooses to reside. It's like he was going around looking, where where could I? You. I'm going to live in you. I choose you to make my dwelling. You didn't choose me, but I chose the God of eternity, the God of all creation, to make his dwelling in you. He chose to reside in us. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that so powerful that he would choose to make his dwelling place in us? Ephesians 1 and verse 23 says, The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. And then again it says in Ephesians 2.19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become the dwelling place, the dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. You and I, every time we come together, where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. When we come together on a Sunday or in the week, in a coffee house, in our homes, midweek, whatever it is, we are the house of God. It's more than just something we attend. We, we are physically living stones where he chooses to be. And so when we realize the reality of this, it changes everything. Suddenly showing up on a Sunday morning in a big hall where there's a whole bunch of people means something very different. It means God is here residing in us. And because I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm part of this building. I'm part of his house. I'm part of this structure. And all because he made it possible by his blood. This is why Jesus came and died and rose again, so that we might be reconciled to the Father and so that he could fill the earth with his presence through us, his dwelling place. You know, every household, in in every household, it's full of different people with different responsibilities. And when we get born again, we get saved into the household of faith, into the house of God, not in isolation, but we come into this household. And so let's say, for example, this is, this is the house 
household of faith, guys, are you going to help me? These are all the people who are living in sin. No, I'm joking. Anyway, this is before you were saved. Well, kind of. Anyway, it's the Bible. So, <laughs> guys, these guys don't know Jesus. But Oh, no, they fell over. But when they come to know Jesus, they get to live in the house. Do you want to help me put them in the house? Because they belong. Go ahead. You guys want to help me put them in the house? Make sure they all, they all get in on all the different floors. There we go. They all look very different. They're all different ages. They have different levels of responsibility, but everything they do counts. When I grew up in a house when I was a kid, I would always say to people, do you want to come to my house? Come to my house. As though I paid the bills or the rent. or I, It's my house, though. Like, you know. Um, and I had this sense of ownership because it was a safe space and my parents had made a roof over my head and I knew I belonged. But as I, and I had that sense of ownership, but as I grew, that sense of ownership grew as well. And it wasn't just now, oh, I get to live here like, well, they didn't make me pay rent at the age of six, but, you know, I had a sense of, if, if this is my house, and I, I need to take responsibility because actually they're working really hard to, to put a roof over my head, so surely I've got to do something too. And that's when I began to, to, to help out to, to where I could. I mean, now, don't get me wrong, there were times when my parents made me do chores that I did not want to do. But the best times were when I saw and understood and realized what it meant to be part of a household. When I got it, when I really got what it meant to belong and to be part of a family, and I began to play my role and change my little baby sister's nappies. I was so proud of myself. I was six, she was like half my size, but it was like great. Changed her nappy, started doing the dishes. And you know, it was that realization and that sense of gratitude for what this was. When I realized what this really meant, the, 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 the embodiment of, of this place, this safe place for me, a sense of gratitude erupted in me that resulted in me playing my part. And when we realize that every time we come together, you know, God did so much so that his presence could dwell with us. He didn't stop at anything. He gave his only son to die and rise again, not so that we could have nice cozy meetings. Not so that we could tick boxes and just say we come together and wear nice clothes, but so that his presence would fill the earth through us every single time we come together. And when we realize that everything changes, the way we behave together changes, suddenly it's so much more than, I don't know who's doing what and I'm trying to embarrass and it's not about that anymore. It's about the very presence of God, Him in our midst, living, speaking to us, changing our lives. It changes absolutely everything. And you know, that sense of gratitude that we have when we truly allow ourselves to recognize what that is overflows with the sense of doing something. Just as Matthew said, um, that whenever God sort of built a dwelling place for Himself, people were filled with gratitude and they gave. So the very first time I think God's house is mentioned, I think, God shows up to, to Jacob in this, this vision, dream, and he sees the ladder, and the angels are going up and down, and he wakes up, and he realizes that God's presence is there. And he know, he's like, oh my goodness, God is here. This is the gate to heaven. This is the house of God. I promise God I'm going to give you a tenth of everything I own. I'm going to give you a tenth of everything I have because he recognized the presence of the living God with him. It abounded in generosity to giving of himself an appreciation to what God had done and had made possible. When Moses was building the tabernacle, God said to him, go to everyone whose hearts are stirred 
And the hearts of the people were so stirred because they were grateful that God chose to dwell with them that they gave and they gave and they gave till Moses had to say, stop it. You need to stop giving now. We have enough. Like, can you imagine? Amen. Let the day come. <laughs> we're like, we gave so much. They had to stop. But this, recognize, this recognition of what it actually was, like God's presence is dwelling with us. Oh my gosh, God is here. I want to give him everything. I want to give him my all. I want to play my part. I want to serve. I want to love him because he loves me so much that he's chosen to pick me as where he wants to live. And so what can we do? How can we begin to, to, to recognize this more and to be good to one another. The Bible says be good, especially to those in the household of faith. Maybe it looks like, I don't know, giving somebody a lift to a church gathering or, or just going to visit somebody. Maybe it looks like when you go to someone's house for Connect, staying back for an extra 10 minutes and helping them wash all the cups of all the teas people have been drinking. Maybe it looks like serving on a team. I know for definite that all of our serving teams would not turn anyone away right now. There are so many things that we can do to contribute. And here's the thing. It's not just doing something for the sake of it, but everything we do helps facilitate us encountering God. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's not, you know, the reason he, 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 he brings us here together, the reason he has saved us and brought us into his family is so his presence can dwell in us, he can change the world. Everything we do facilitates that encounter, stewarding his presence here in the earth. And we can be those that do that really, really well. Yeah? yeah. Okay. <laughs> we can be those that do that really, really well. Yeah? yeah? Because we haven't been saved in isolation. We've been saved into a house. And in a house, that means something. It means we play our part. And so let's stand together as we pray. Why don't you just take a moment with God, with Holy Spirit, just to allow that to sink in, that recognition that where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. That we are living stones making up the place that God of the universe resides by his spirit. And what that really means. You know, when we, when we do stuff, when we serve, we're not doing it to impress any single human we're not doing it so that people can look at us and say, oh, look at them, they're such a great Christian. We're doing it because we recognize what Jesus has done for us. And when we live in obedience to him, one day we will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we recognize how much you paid, Lord Jesus, that we would be able to dwell in your presence and your presence in us. We recognize it was no small cost for you to purchase the, the church by your very blood. And Lord, we just say thank you. We just recognize in this moment what you've done. And we say thank you again for the cross. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that when we were in our sin, that we, we, when we weren't looking for you, you came looking for us. And you chose us before the foundations of the earth to be yours. And Lord Jesus, we just say let our hearts overflow with gratitude and recognition of all that you've done in our lives, that together we would be your household, that we would play our part, that we would come alive to your presence once again and what it means to have you abiding in us. 
Teach us, Lord, what that means all the more as we seek to know you, as we seek to serve you, and as we beckon the day of your return. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.